0: Welcome to the Water Learn Podcast. I'm your host, France Tapon. In this episode, I will be reviewing the my year end predictions of last year. So, when I made predictions about what would happen in 2019, I'm going to show you, I'm going to talk about how I did, how I fared. Did I suck? Was I right? I made seven predictions. We'll see how I did. And then I'll talk about two things my predictions for 2020, and then my predictions for t- the 2020s. That's right, the whole decade. What will life be like in the year 2030? So, and what will happen in that whole decade. So, pretty bold predictions, we'll we'll go hammer one by one. But first, let's talk about what I predicted for 2019 and how I did. I predicted, number one, that Donald Trump will not be impeached. Now, in 2016, right after he was elected, I predicted that he would be impeached. In 2017, I repeated the same prediction that he would be impeached. And then finally, in 2018, I was like, you know what? I, didn't, I thought that the Congress was going to take control, it would be completely Democratic. And I was wrong. They didn't win. The Democrats didn't win the Senate. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, well, once the Democrats didn't win the Senate, I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to kick him out of office. And that's what I thought about the term impeached. In other words, that means get the guy out of office. However, I just recently run, learned that I'm completely wrong. That's not the term of impeached. In fact, there there have been three presidents that have been impeached, Andrew Johnson and uh, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. In fact, the House of Representatives just impeached him. And all three of those presidents, none of them actually left office early. They all served out their term. So when I hear impeached, I think of kicked out, and that's what I was talking about. And in fact, Richard Nixon was never impeached. He just resigned. So the whole prediction is a screw-up on my part because I don't really understand the term impeached, or at least I didn't until now. So, And besides, it's all screwed up because I was kind of like saying, well, he won't be impeached. Sorry, he will be impeached. He will be impeached, and then I changed my mind. He won't be impeached. So am I right or wrong? Who knows because I'm taking such a wussy thing. Anyway, so I don't know if I give myself a point or half a point or no points, you decide, whatever. Regardless, I think uh, it's clear that Donald Trump will serve out the rest of his term, barring any crazy disaster in 2020. Bitcoin will double. My second prediction was Bitcoin will double in value in 2019. Now, just to take you back in 2018, I predicted that it would lose 80% of its value, and I was so close to act almost perfectly accurate. I predicted it would be at 4444 down from nearly twenty thousand and it went down to three thousand eight hundred anyway, it was very close to to my prediction. In two thousand nineteen I got even more accurate. Crazy. I completely nailed it. I predicted that it would double in value and would end over or just over seven thousand three hundred dollars. Seven thousand three hundred dollars. Guess what it is? It's seven thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars. <laughs> It's just like crazy. I don't know how I nailed it that close. So either I'm super lucky, which of course I'm, I definitely get a bit of luck in this or I actually know what the hell I'm doing. So regardless, I totally nailed the Bitcoin prediction twice in a row. So you're probably going to be interested in what I have to say for 2020 or the 2020s. We'll get to that later. I predicted that the S&P 500 will gain 15% in 2019. I was wrong. It gained nearly twice that much. It really had a bull market year. So I was right about it being a bull market, but I I underestimated just how much of a bull market it was going to be. I knew it was going to be an above-average year, but it really was a torrential, very good year. Number four, I predicted that Cyril Ramaphoso is going to win the South African presidential election, and he did. Number five, I predicted that Ati Abu Bakar will win the Nigerian presidential election, and I was wrong about that. In fact, Buhari stayed in power in Nigeria. So there I got that one wrong. So for the South Africa, yes, Nigeria wrong. I predicted that a barrel of petroleum would go up 25% in price. And that I nailed it. Totally nailed it. I looked at the stock, which is called USO, which kind of tracks the price of petroleum. At the time of my prediction, it was $9.66. I said it would go up at least 25%. And a barrel of petroleum was $45. And I predicted also that it would go up at least 25%. Guess what? USO went up 33% instead of 25. So I was right. And a barrel of petroleum went up 36%. Also, I said at least 25%. So I was right on both. Both of them went over 30%. Nailed it on Barrel Petroleum. That was good. So Bitcoin and Barrel of Petroleum, I know what the hell I'm talking about. And then finally, my seventh prediction was that I would finish the Book of the Unseen Africa. Pfft. The one thing that I should know about, the one thing I can control, I completely screwed that one up. I didn't get close. I didn't even get halfway done. I'm embarrassed. It's a disaster. I apologize to my patrons. Uh, it's, I definitely have my work cut out for me it's uh it's a long story. I'm not going to get into the details, but anyway, that's that. But we will get into the details of my predictions for twenty twenty so since I was so good on predicting the Bitcoin price of twenty eighteen I predicted that eighty percent decline, and then I predicted an a a rise of doubling a hundred percent rise. so what am i going what do I think is going to happen in twenty twenty mm. tough one well. I have to admit that I'm just not as confident as I was. It was easy to predict the 80% decline because when I made that prediction, Bitcoin had been rising like a demon. It was going so high, so fast. I was like, there's no way this is going to last. It's going to pull back and it's going to pull back in a major way. And it did. And then it pulled back as often markets do. It overcorrected, went too far back. So then it was an easy prediction to make. It's going to bounce back and double. So that was kind of my logic in those times. But now that it's done that, I'm like, okay, hmm. On the one hand, it's doubled. So therefore, this next year, it should either pull back or be kind of flat. On the other hand, I'm so long term, I'm bullish on Bitcoin. So here's my prediction end of 2020. Right now, it's just like I said it was going to be 7,350. So I think it's going to get up to 10,000. So it's going to go up again. It's going to be somewhere above ten thousand by the end of twenty twenty. So we'll see how accurate that is, but that's what I'm thinking so far. number two oh and and to be let's be real specific about this. I would say that there's a forty percent chance that it will end up between and six thousand and ten thousand. thirty percent chance that it will pass twenty thousand they're all time high. I think it's highly unlikely that it will dip below $6,000. So that's it. But I think most likely it will be somewhere around 10000 a little bit more than $10,000. we will see how it turns out. Number two, here's a controversial one, that Mayor Pete Buttigieg is going to win the Democratic nomination. How about that? That's a crazy idea. Uh, I'll briefly try to explain. I talk a, lot, a little bit more about it on my website, but he's doing pretty well. He, in fact, he's leading, as, as I'm recording this, in Iowa, the first caucus. And he's in second place in New Hampshire, the first primary. Now, he's not doing that well in Nevada and South Carolina. and He's doing terribly nationally. He's only like 8% nationally. But my thinking is, is that two things. Number one, if he wins Iowa and if he does well in New Hampshire... That will put him in the national spotlight. And people are going to say, Buttigieg, judge, Judge, who the hell is this gay man? I want to know about him. So all of a sudden, they're going to pay attention. So when South Carolina and and Nevada start to vote, they're the next ones in line, they might actually pay attention to this guy they've been ignoring all this time. And once they listen to him, they might say, huh, interesting guy. Maybe I'll vote for him. And he'll get a lot of fans, get a lot more donations, raise a lot more revenue, and then all of a sudden be a force. So that's kind of number one. And the second reason I talk about it in my podcast with Sim Blanchard, which you should listen to as the previous podcast, I talk about the, what I call the mirror theory. In other words, we often pick presidents that in the United States we often like swing like a pendulum. We pick one guy who's, and then the next election we pick somebody who's completely different in so many different ways, like the almost the opposite. And then we swing back and we make almost the opposite. So, like, JFK uh, was the opposite of Eisenhower, an old guy. JFK was this young Democrat, and Eisenhower was, like, the old Republican, you know. And then we swing back and we go to, like, Richard Nixon, effectively. And, 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 uh, of course, uh, LBJ took over. But anyway. And from uh, Richard Nixon, we went to a super honest dude, Jimmy Carter. And from Jimmy Carter, we went, you know, who's like the simple dude to like the glamorous Hollywood guy, Ronald Reagan. And eventually, you know, like we jumped down to like Bush uh, and Clinton are kind of mirror images. And then from Bush, senior, uh, Bush Jr. to Obama, another mirror image and Obama to Trump, another mirror image. So we kind of have this habit often not always but often we swing back and forth like that so i was just trying to think of all the candidates who's the biggest mirror image buddha judge he's he's kind of like the well he's not a woman but uh he he's that would be even more mirror image than donald trump but anyway that's what i'm thinking i'll probably be wrong about that too Number three, though, I will predict that Donald Trump will lose the election uh, for 2020. And why? Well, one, I think we're going to be heading for a recession, which is my next prediction. Number four, I think we'll slide into a recession in the second half of 2020. So the economy will start to downturn, as it often does in cycles. We've had a very nice run for a long time, many years. and, uh, And as a result, it's just going to hurt Donald Trump when the economy goes bad. And, of course, he'll try to blame everybody but himself. But the voters will t- will will take it out. And also the people who were kind of like the lazy Democrats, the guys who just thought, ah, Hillary Clinton's going to win this easily, no problem. I don't need to get off my chair to vote for him. All those people will be kind of galvanized and say, okay, this time I'm not going to stay at home. This time I'm going to actually go out there and vote. So I just think that this time Donald Trump is going to have to fight harder to win those votes in those swing states. and And I don't think he's going to pull it off. But... I was wrong last time. I might be wrong again. Number So number four, I talked about the, that the GDP will sling into negative territory, that we're going to have a recession in the second half of 2020. We'll see if that happens. And number five, my final prediction for 2020, is that the S&P 500 will have a flat year. In other words, right now it's at 3,250, the S&P. By the end of 2020, it's going to be more or less at the same place, plus or minus like 3%. So it might be a little bit below it, a little bit higher, but it's not going to have like a, a gangbuster year like it did this year. So that's my predictions for 2020. All right. Now comes the most fun part that I had is predicting by 2030. What's going to happen in the decade of the 2020s? Let's start with Bitcoin. Yeah. This is my favorite subject, it seems. because Maybe it's because the only one get I get right. It's my only prediction I've been consistently right on. So maybe I'm on a roll here. And I'm going to make a bold prediction. A very, very bold prediction. That by the 2030s. By the 2030, by the end of this decade, bit one Bitcoin will be worth $100,000 or more. Wow. Can you believe it? Crazy, huh? $100,000. That's like easily more than 10 times what it is right now. Is that 15 times? Something like that? Poof. It's a lot. So it's a pretty bold prediction. I'm probably going to be wrong about it. But anyway, so I'll break it down more. I'm not very positive about this. But here, let's just say it's a 60% chance. That Bitcoin will be over a hundred thousand. There's a thirty percent chance that I think it will be between thirty thousand, which kind of is like a five x uh, return, and a hundred thousand. So between thirty thousand and a hundred thousand in that zone, and a five percent chance that it will be worth between eight thousand, which is where it's kind of at right now, and thirty thousand. So maybe in a decade, it kind of doubles, maybe triples, something like that. So I don't think it's just going to double or triple. I think it's going to go up over 10 times. So we'll see. Number f- And there's a 5% chance that I'm utterly wrong and that Bitcoin will be worth less than it is today. And there's probably a lot of you nodding your heads right now saying, you bet, Francis, your Bitcoin fantasy is so whacked out. You are going to be so wrong it's going to be worthless or it's going to be worth a thousand bucks or a few hundred bucks, whatever. And certainly a lot of people have said such dire predictions about Bitcoin before. So all we can do is just sit back and wait and find out who's right. It's going to take 10 years, but Hey, keep an eye on it. Um, I, I, anyway, I guess I'll, maybe I should have a separate episode as to why I'm so bullish about Bitcoin. But for now I talk a little bit about my website, but in the end, I think there's there's good reason to believe it. Um, the basic idea is that we're going to hit an inflationary period for the world in the 2020s. We haven't had an inflationary period since the 1970s. And when inflation happens and va- and currencies are devalued and, and become and lose a lot of their value as the governments print money, that will turn people off of traditional currencies and turn them on to Bitcoin cuz Bitcoin is kind of like the opposite of almost any currency out there because most currencies, central governments, print and issue more currency every year. They inflate the currency and therefore they decrease the value of that currency over time. Bitcoin is the exact opposite. It actually, the supply diminishes every single year. The, not, I shouldn't say that. The, the amount of new Bitcoin going into circulation at this point, since we have nearly 18 million Bitcoin, between now and the next hundred until the year 2140. So what's that? Uh, 120 years from now. They're only going to issue 3 million more Bitcoin. And we already have 18 million. So like almost flat. There's like almost no Bitcoin that's going to be issued, new issuing issuance of Bitcoin. And the demand, I think, is going to go up. And yet there's like no supply. It's not like gold where you can mine some more, or avocados, or you can like plant some more. It's not like a good that you can like make more out of. It's just fixed effectively at this point. And you just need a a few crises that will turn people on to this. So anyway, we'll see. Number two, the CPI will show, the CPI is the Consumer Price Index, will show that the United States will experience double-digit inflation. That's right, guys, double-digit. It's going to be the first time since 1981, I think is the last time we saw double-digit inflation. Reagan took over from Carter and he had to he had Paul Volcker as his dude in charge there and he, they put the slam on the economy to bring down the inflation rate and it worked time is due and I pitied the next president and they're going to have to potentially face that big big challenge of inflation so we'll see number three now this one i'm a little bit i've been having second thoughts about this prediction but i'm just going to put my head down and just say okay right now right now one ounce of gold is one thousand five hundred bucks i think at some point in the 2020s one ounce of gold will be worth wait for it five thousand dollars that will be the all-time high it's ever been way more than it's ever been so That I'm just a little bit less confident in because gold, from a historical perspective in the last few years, has had a pretty good run. So I don't know if it's going to keep going higher. But if I believe that inflation is going to happen, typically people turn to gold during times of inflation. And so that's why it could have a spurt. That certainly happened in the 1970s for those historians out there, economic historians. So I think that will happen again, but we'll have to see. That's also why I think Bitcoin will do well, because Bitcoin is even more scarce than gold. It's, it's super scarce. Number four, I think Syria is going to become a hot tourist destination. Yeah, tourists are going to go back to Syria in the 2020s. Things are finally going to calm down. And Syria was a pretty happening place back in the day before they got all their problems. And I think people will return en masse. I should have a metric to measure that. But anyway, let's just say it's going to go up 10 times, tourism, which is probably not that big, bold of a prediction because right now tourism is practically zero. But here's a more interesting prediction, my fifth prediction for the 2020s. I think China's going to undergo a revolution, like a major revolution. Why? Because in the 2020s, their vast productive population, that population that's in, that are the baby boomers generation in between, let's say, 50s and 60s that have been just fueling their huge rise up, that humongous population is going to start to retire and start to become unproductive because usually as people retire, they become less productive for the society. And behind it is a tiny, tiny one-child her family generation that's going to have to support these old dudes their parents that demographic is going to may have a major challenge for china in the 2020s and i've always said that china is just one good recession away from going through a revolution like a major recession and in fact it hasn't had one since 1978 for god's sakes since Deng Deng Xiaoping took over and and created this kind of liberalization policies to open up the Chinese and, and to go more capitalistic. Since 1978, China's been on a fucking roll. It's just been doing so well. And so, of course, people are happy to put up with the downsides of their totalitarian government and their communist government because things are going well. So as long as they're going well, people will say like, you know what, let's not throw them. If it ain't broke, let's just keep it. But the moment it breaks, the moment that things start to go bad, that's when they're going to say, okay, enough is enough. And here we are at the threshold of 2020 and there's still protests going on in Hong Kong. Maybe that's the fuel. Maybe that's the spark that will set it off. I don't know. It could just die out just like Tiananmen Square died out in 1989, I think, Tiananmen Square was. Maybe it will just go away. But sometime in the 2020s, I think it's going to come back again. And what do I predict? Well, specifically, I would say that 70% chance the Communist Party will fall or be substantially weakened. It will have to somehow share power, kind of like many of the Communist powers did in, in Eastern Europe after the... Wall came down, especially after 1991 when the Soviet Union came down. 20% chance that China reverses course and becomes far more authoritarian. It goes more like in the direction of North Korea, where they really clamp down on their population, like really squeeze them and become complete assholes to their people. That's possible, possible. 20%. I think more likely 70% of they'll have to liberalize because that's the only way out. And then finally, a 10% chance that very little changes, that more or less in the year 2030, the China of today is more or less there, of course, richer, of course, a little bit better, a little bit better defenses and like a better military and a better economy and higher GDP per capita and those kind of standard things that so far continuing their trajectory that they're going and the Communist Party is still in power and and nothing really dramatic has changed. Things will change, but, well, I think only a 10% chance of just more or less... same stuff. I think that they're going to have a major revolution in the 2020s. And overall it should be a good thing, I hope. Speaking about good things, my sixth prediction is that North Korea finally gets its freedom. It's incredible to me. Absolutely incredible that North Korea has gone on and still retained a dictatorship. I mean, even Cuba, for God's sakes, had to loosen up a lot of its grip on its population after the communism, after communism fell across the world. But somehow, I mean, Albania gave it up. Eastern European countries all gave it up. Russia gave it up. Everybody gave it up. Except Cuba loosened it up a lot. But really, North Korea is just incredible how they just survived all that revolution and somehow kept on to it. So I think, Part of the reason is that they have a certain amount of support from China. And I think if China goes into that revolution, as I just described, and their kind of big daddy support that they're getting from China disappears because China is forced to liberalize, then North Korea, uh uh-oh, they're going to be caught holding the bag and there's going to be no way for them to kind of fight the forces that are probably brewing there. They're just not brewing enough. So, I just think that will change in the 2020s. My seventh prediction, for all you feminists out there, is that the United States will finally have its first female president, which is kind of weird. I mean, it's like, I always think it's interesting that countries like Germany have had, a lot of European countries have it. Pakistan, for God's sakes, Pakistan had uh, Benazir Bhutto, a female prime minister. I mean, Pakistan, guys really? <laughs> and they have had, and that was like, what is that? 30 years ago, or at least when, when you know, it's incredible. Pakistan had it. And we're like United States. We're standing for our liberal as liberal values. And we like, you know, female power and all this other stuff, but sheesh, it's incredible. And there's several other nations that are, you would think, uh, would I mean Chile, for example? Chile had a female has a female president, and yet the United States, for all its pound, chest pounding and saying, "Hey, yeah, we're free," for when women are treated fairly and all this other stuff, and yet never have we had a female president. It's amazing, amazing. Gotten close? Well, not even gotten close, frankly. Uh, I remember Geraldine Ferraro. Ferrar- Ferraro. Ferraro. Anyway, she was a vice presidential nomination for. Uh, when uh, Mondale was running in 1984 against Ronald Reagan. I remember that was the first, like, ooh, wow, a vice presidential candidate who's a female. But she, I mean, Mondale was completely destroyed. One one state, one state, his state, Minnesota, I think it was. That was the only state that he won. So that was it. And and then I guess uh, McCain picked uh, that Alaskan crazy woman, up in, uh, anyway, Republican woman. Oh, I forgot her name. She just got divorced recently. Anyway, I'm blanking out on her name. You guys know what I'm talking about. Just think that sometime in the 2020s, and there's going to be not one, not two, but three presidential elections. So the w- you girls out there, listen up. You got three chances to win. The 2020, 2024, and 2028. Those are the three chances that a, a female can win. So we'll see. We'll see. But here's a more interesting question regarding that when are we going to get the first atheist president really i mean we, we don't even have an atheist atheist senator you look at polls and you're like what's the opinion poll of rapists and i think rapists score higher than atheists in many polls at least it did like 5 10 years ago i mean atheists are seen as like the devil i mean it's not like you just don't believe in god it's that you believe in satan <laughs> I mean, it's really funny, like, how anti-atheist this country is, the United States is. It's amazing. I'm positive. I think it's going to be kind of like homosexuality, that whole revolution in the last 20 years, let's put it, that gays have suddenly become far more accepted. And before that, it was interracial marriage. Before that, interracial marriage. Whoa, that was, like, totally taboo back, you know, 50 years ago. Completely taboo. Crazy. There's a great movie, old movie, black and white movie, I think it was with a Cindy Poitier. It's Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Um, great movie. And it's kind of like the the story back in that era, I think it was over 50 years ago, that a, a woman is going to marry a black man. And it's like, whoa, that was totally. But Hollywood is like always on the, the cutting edge of these kind of societal changes and captured that moment. And eventually, the rest of society cat caught up. And nowadays, most Americans have no problems with interracial marriage, and they think it's totally fine and no problems. They think it's healthy. Um, that's a big change from 50 years ago, huge change. And same thing with gays and lesbians, and uh, to that matter, transgender and all this other stuff. It's crazy revolution. When I was a kid, being gay was just like, nobody wanted to admit that they were gay. That was like horrible. That was like a death sentence. Ellen DeGeneres didn't want to admit it. Anderson Cooper didn't want to admit it. You know, and on and on. There's all sorts of people who finally came out of the closet once it was safe to come out of the closet. I think a lot of people will come out of the closet coming out atheists once it's safe to come out of the closet. And there's been a movement, thanks to the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, like, um, anyway, you guys know the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Uh, It's Dawkins and uh, oh God, I'm blanking out all their names, that Guy starts with an s anyway, I'm not going to mention you look Google it up, but anyway there's uh there's been a movement let's put it that way for a surge of atheism, or at least so it seems. I don't think it's happening very fast, but I wish that at some point people will loosen up and accept it but i I wonder if like a Muslim will get elected before an atheist I mean really. <laughs> possible. I mean right now actually think about it there's that those congresswoman I think there's been one atheist congressman maybe in history I could be wrong about that don't quote me but I definitely know that we've had a couple of muslim congressmen or congresswomen uh part of the gang of 4 by the way is one of them is at least one of them is one of them's palestinian so I guess maybe she might be a muslim who knows I don't follow her too closely but based on that fact I would guess that maybe maybe a muslim president will it will be more likely than an atheist president we almost got remember when what's his face uh that that uh God, republican from utah who's now a senator he's a mormon hey that almost happened well i'm really digressing on this topic so i'll get back into the, my predictions number eight south africa's gdp per capita ranking in african continent will fall so right now so, way back when, like 50 years ago or so, South Africa was the number one GDP per capita in Africa. They were the richest country based on GDP per capita. Kicking ass. Well, in the last 30 years or so since independence, they have steadily dropped down to two, three, four, five, six, seven. Today is now seven. So, I just think it's going to drop another notch. Maybe to 8th, maybe to ninth, maybe now Namibia or Algeria. I think Algeria is due. Algeria is going to be a really rich country if they ever get their political act together. So it's possible that Algeria will pass it up. But I don't think it's going to drop out of the top 10. I don't think South Africa is going to be that screwed up. Um, but it's just not going in the right direction. God, what a, what a, failed, a failed country that is in so many respects. It's, I'm really depressed about it. Anyway, number 9. Here's a crazy one. Facebook will be less important and powerful than it is today. So, let me be clear about what I mean by that. If you look at, I I think it's still going to be a major player. So, if you look at, let's say, IBM, AT&T, General Motors, Microsoft, these were all companies that still exist today. They're still super powerful companies, but they're nowhere, they're way past their peak heyday. Back in the day, AT&T, Ma Bell was a monopoly kicked ass. It was the total, the, the only place to get a phone <laughs> was AT&T. IBM was the only guy to give you a, a mainframe computer. General Motors was, wasn't was the only place to get a car, but pretty much dominated. And Microsoft was the only place to get an operating system or Microsoft Word or all that kind of stuff, more or less. They had a complete monopoly. They were, And then all of them fell from power. They're still very powerful today. But they fall. They fell dramatically. So my question is: is like when you look at the fangs. Fangs are Facebook, Amazon, um, Netflix, and Google. Fang, and then S is probably means something else. I'm blanking out right now. Anyway, I just think one of those, and maybe more more than one of those, will have to fall. And out of all those fangs, those big darlings of today, I think Facebook is the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Because of the privacy issues, because it's so involved in their life and the way they kind of just, they just make a lot of mistakes. And Netflix, it's not as, it doesn't irritate people like Facebook can irritate you. Everybody likes Netflix more or less. Um, Amazon, there's a lot of people who have anti-Amazon feelings, but it's, in the end, it's not like a huge anti-Amazon feeling. Google, same thing. A lot of people don't like Google. They they're like, oh, it's in too intrusive. They know everything I am doing and AI and blah blah blah. But I think out of, the, of that group, Facebook has got is, is the most in danger of people just saying, "Fuck you, we're leaving you. Goodbye. We're moving on to something else." Now, what that something else is, I have no idea. Uh, but you know, at some point. I think one of these companies will fall. So, and again, let me reiterate, I'm not saying that Facebook will go out of business. No, it will still be around, just like IBM and Microsoft and General Motors and AT&T are all around. They'll just be not the big darling and then the uber-powerful company that it is today, so dominant in its space. So that's my prediction. And number 10, I will have visited, by the end of this decade, the 2020s, All the countries of the world and That would be actually very easy to accomplish because I only have about 70 countries left That's like seven countries a year super easy to do that if that's my real objective The problem is that I love to write books about my travels and it's the book that slows me down Just like this book on Africa. It's just crazy. It's how long it's been taking me to finish this book It's killing me. So I got to get better at writing books more swiftly So that's my my big plan. So I need to do West and Central Asia, which is between now and the 2022. And then from 2023 to 2026, I'll do East Asia. So that's like Japan and India and all the Southeast Asia. All that simple, easy, touristy stuff that everybody does. I haven't been to most of those places. And then 2027 to 2030, I want to buy a boat and go to all of Oceania. So that includes not just the big places like Australia and New Zealand, but also all those t- tiny little Micronesia islands and that kind of stuff, including the Caribbean. And also there's a f- about five South Africa, sorry, South American countries, maybe six or seven, I don't know, that I haven't been to. So I got to see those South American countries. I don't know how I'm going to fit that in. But anyway, somehow finish that up by the end of the decade. And, and I'll be ready to die. I'll be there. What else is there to life at that point? Mars Mars Mars. Oh, yeah, I should make a prediction about Mars. I think there's a good chance that we'll land a human being on Mars Yeah, I would say like more than 60% chance Yeah I know for sure we'll get a human being on Mars by in the 2030s. That's like 90% chance that we'll do that in the 2030s But with Elon Musk, he's a pretty headstrong dude I think he might pull it off and get a human being to land on Mars and then also you got Jeff Bezos, who's you know, Blue Origin. He's doing trying to do the same stuff. So I guess I should throw that in as prediction that we're going to land a human being on Mars. I don't know if he'll be alive, though, or she'll be alive. Maybe the whole crew will die on a crash landing. So I don't know. Does that count? A living human being will land on Mars, may not be able to get back. They might have some complication, some technical thing, and they'll just die there. Yeah, that's what I predict. Yeah, we're going to get people there. They're going to land, and it's just going to, the mission is going to have a big problem, and they're going to die. Hmm. Sad story, but, you know, I think about all the people who died trying to come to the quote-unquote new world from the old world, crossing that ocean. That was crazy. Crazy. Wow, I could make so many more predictions. I probably should. Hmm. This is fun it's going to be fun to like check back in 10 years and find out if I was right or wrong <laughs> about so many of these things. So anyway, go check out my website. My website is francistapon.com dot com, and search for predictions. You'll see all my past predictions and my few, and this prediction as well. You can see more detail about it. And then if you sub- want to support what I do, join Patreon, patreon.com slash F tapon. It's a great way to support me and Get something back for it because I don't believe in just asking something for nothing. I really don't. I don't, I'm not like here, give me charity, something like that. No, I want to give something back to you. So for as little as $2 a month, you can join up and you're going to accumulate credit for a book. So let's say the book costs, let's just say $30 after 15 months of support, you're going to have $30 having given to me. And all I do is I give you a book for free. Well, not for free. You gave me $2 a month, but that's all it is. It's a way to get a book, simple. So just do that, simple. And if let's say you support me for sixty months, sorry, not for sixty dollars worth, then I'll send you two books. You know, it, it that takes thirty months. God, that would be terrible if it took thirty months to get a book out. But anyway, and my favorite one is my twenty-five dollar reward. For twenty-five dollars a month, that's three hundred dollars a year. You will accumulate credit for three hundred dollars, and then you can get any gift. For $300, I get so many things. Like right here, I'm, I'm standing here. I've got a camera, that a camcorder that was sent to me. I get anything that you can possibly get on Amazon, almost anything, gets offered to me. I am one of the top 250 reviewers on Amazon. Out of the millions of reviewers out there, I'm in the top 250. And so what happens? Companies offer me a lot of stuff. Every day I get offered like a hundred products. I say no to 99% of them. Just tell me what you want, and I'll probably get it on Amazon and give it to you as a gift for your support for 25 bucks a month. Hey, and you just tell me what you want your wish list. Could be clothes, could be jewelry, could be makeup, could be a bed, could be a couch. <laughs> Could be a computer, kitchen stuff. Anyway, it's just, it's limitless. I'm not going to bore you with all the possibilities. It's a great way to get something and at the same time support me. And I appreciate that. And I give back to you. Wow, this has been a longer than expected podcast, but I hope it has been interesting for you. And uh, this is Francis Tapon, encouraging you to wander and learn in the 2020s. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FtapOn. That's my first initial and my last name. FtapOn is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one last reason to remember FTapon. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now for five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn Podcast. Two, download it, three, share it, four, review it somewhere. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon, encouraging you to wander and learn.